0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Circle of Knowledge podcast. I am your host, John Kovach, Jr. I'm super excited to learn a lot, to grow, and to interview a dear friend of mine, and also to uh, highlight what's going on in the world through so much. But I just want to take a moment to just share a few quick announcements, as we do always before we begin our interviews, and just say congratulations to um, the the authors involved in the Book of Influence book series through Habitude Warrior, they launched their book, The Book of Influence, Authentic Communication, featuring Brian Tracy, Jill Lublin, Alex Stern, and the foreword was written by none other than Rudy Rudiger from the movie Rudy. Yeah, the real Rudy. Uh, pretty awesome. Their paperback's coming out soon and just a lot of really great growth and progress there. It's exciting. It's exciting to be a part of so many different projects and to see so much growth. Uh, with that being said, we've announced that the uh, first annual conference of Champion Circle for this year, um, they will start with the, uh, the semi-annual conference and then they'll have the, uh, the uh, major session in the later part of the year. But the session will be called Become a Champion. It's the bridge between wherever you're at in life to the goals that you want to achieve in your business and in your growth. Enough of that. I just want to just say congratulations again to all the authors. Huge shout out. And you should go check it out. If you could go find a copy of their book, uh, you can do so by going to thebookofinfluence.com that will currently take you to Amazon. And you will also be able to look around there and see, click on the authors, follow all the other um, individuals who contributed to this book and its series. And uh, every two to three months, another book will come out. So we're really, really excited about that. Today, I have the privilege of interviewing not only a friend, but an individual who I've had the opportunity to work with and learn from in a mastermind setting. And this individual has a a, a very, very interesting and and, 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 and interesting and yet a powerful background because they are somebody who focuses on helping families all across the country and the world. I'm excited. I'm gonna read a little bio off here for our dear friend and guest on the show today, Daniel Kilburn, who I will bring on the screen in just a second. But I wanna just share guys that Daniel Kilburn is known as America's save your life coach. He will open communications, build resiliency, and develop leadership by preparing you your family, and your organizations to have tough conversations by helping parents prepare for inevitable emergencies and natural disasters to protect their children and live a life without fear. We're gonna dig into his story and learn more about him as he continues to share more, but welcome to the Circle of Knowledge podcast, dear friend, Daniel Kilburn, everybody. What's going on, my friend? Hey, John, thank you very much. I am, I'm so
1: grateful that you have me here so I can help spread my message with your audience. It's going to be wonderful.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, I'm probably going to ask the questions that America would ask, but I'm really excited to hear more about just the, t- let's talk about the title for a second. We'll talk a little bit about you in the present, and then we'll go back to the past. But I, uh, I'd love to talk more about America's Save Your Life Coach, and uh, where does that come from? Where does that what does that have to do? Well, for some, most Well, somebody
1: else called me that, and I said, "Well, that sounds pretty cool, so I'm going to stick with it." And uh, well, let's let's look at things in a in a broad perspective here. You know, we're born, we go through the w- world, and at some point, we are no longer here and we die. And unfortunately, throughout the course of history, there's been things called natural disasters and emergencies. There's wars and stuff, which you know help speed up that process at some point. So what I like to do is help individuals, groups, families, parents, children prepare for these emergencies and disasters so they can save themselves, so they can be proficient, so they can have a different point of view of the world around them and realize it's not good to cross the street when the light is red.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah, so a lot of the information and knowledge that families and and i'll just stick to families for now families need to know but but it's also you know surrounding you know uh, disasters you know not just your natural disasters and the things that are going on i mean all i got to do is flip on the television and you'll see that there's flooding and there's mass you know whatever calamity is working on but there's there's also the disasters that can happen within the home uh, within the walls of your own home and so forth but they're are so many other little things too that I think everyone has a lack of awareness. And where do you think that that lack comes from? Do you think it's a lack of education? Well, do you think it's a lack of resource? Where, where does that lack come from?
1: Well, based on my direct observation and conversations with a lot of people, there's a specific sense of apathy, satisfaction, people are being satisfied with having a stub standard life. People are being satisfied with being apathetic and complacent. And there's a broad concept about what we call disaster amnesia. The longer it is away from the disaster, the less you think about it, which is what makes sense. It's obvious. It's not top of your mind. Right. Um, So because of that, a lot of parents don't recognize that maybe they live in a at risk area because nothing's happened in the last five, 10 years. But that doesn't mean something won't happen. And so what I like to get in there is like, look at them and let's look at this and think of this as a uh, major insurance policy for your family and your loved ones that we hope you never have to use. But it's best to have it and not need it and need it and not have it.
0: I, I, I love what you said, because if you. We all understand the power of insurance. We all know we need it. We all know how important it is to be prepared. And as a a former Boy Scout, (laughs) the motto was be prepared. It was always be prepared. And it was thinking ahead. And we'll get into those specifics here in just a minute. But I'd I'd like to go back a little bit, Daniel, and ask you, you know, where does this passion, this this Mm -hmm. love and desire for teaching and training people for disaster management, uh, how far back can it be traced to? And where does it come from? It can be traced
1: back to the 80s, 70s, 70s. I was in the army, and I was visiting my sister in Southern California. There was a, a small 4.5 earthquake. Shook everybody up. And my sister is a mother, single mother with three daughters, three children. She had no idea what to do, but you know, Sergeant Dan knows what to do. So <laughs> I went out to the local Red Cross, and I got her their checklist. Then all you can find is a checklist. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I walked her through it to help her get set up. Anyway, years later, 1989, the Loma Prieta earthquake in Central Mm -hmm. California. I was living in Monterey. I was at work that night, 5.03 p.m., game three of the Oakland A's and the San Francisco Giants World Series. The ball is about ready to get thrown out, and somebody picks up the building I'm in and bounces it off the ground. And there's trays, there's food flying. I was a cook then. There's food flying everywhere. People are, everyone's on the floor. Dishes are breaking. I can hear the silverware cascading off onto the floor in the distance. And I'm thinking, what was that? Was this an earthquake? (laughs) You know? And so that's where I got started because I was very happy that day that my wife and my daughter, who was three at the time, were in Texas visiting family. So they didn't have to deal with that. And I had no clue what to do. I was totally clueless. I had no idea what to do. So that started me on my search for how to protect my family from earthquakes. And, you know, over the course of years, you know, I developed the concept or the preparedness idea that, well, it's not only earthquakes, you know, basically because I moved to Florida and there's hurricanes every year there. So I took what I learned about earthquakes, transferred it to the hurricane situation.
0: So personal experience. And and I love that. Um, I was, I was born in 89 when the, when the uh, earthquake happened, I don't remember a thing though. Um, you know, <laughs> it's, well, of course it's, not. Yeah. It's, it's interesting though. Um, and, and, and those who go through various disasters, whether they be minor or major calamity or not, the, the experience stays with you. It's something that you can never forget. And, and you've turned what could be a, a, a total disaster into a passion for teaching, training, and educating people because of your experience. And who better, right? Who better to, uh, to lead the country and educate and connect with families all over so that they're prepared in advance? And I, I, I love that idea. Um, and, and I'm looking over here at your bio and the information you shared because there's, there's such meaning behind disaster management. And I mentioned Boy Scouts a minute ago, but disaster management isn't just what to do when it happens, it's what to do before it happens, when it happens, and after it happens. But anything you want to share in regards to, um, we will we'll get into more specifics in just a little bit, but, but what would you say in your mind in terms of the, the power and even definition of disaster management? Well, there's four phases
1: of what we would call the disaster management cycle. There's the mitigation phase. That's where you go in and you remove problems, whatever they might be. It could be a cord running across a doorway that you might trip over. You do something to keep yourself from tripping over it. That's mitigating the issue. Um, depending on your demographics, the country or the state or the city you live in and whatever the major disaster might be, there are specific ways to mitigate the hazard and the damage it might cause you, your family or your property. But that takes research to figure that out. Um, From mitigation, you go into planning, and they sort of coalesce with each other, and we plan for the disaster, whatever that might be, and we look at ways to, again, mitigate them. So that way, when it happens, we have to respond to it, and we have a plan of action. After the response phase is the recovery phase, so we're going full circle here, back to recovery, and then we look at, okay, what did we do in our plan to recover? We assess our outcome, it's like an after action review in the Army, what worked good, what went bad, what can be done differently. We replan, we re-mitigate, and we start the cycle over again. Now it can be, like I said, um, years, decades before something might happen in your community, but if there's a history of it ever happening, the statistical odds are that it will happen again. Okay. So that's the way to look at that. And again, it's better to have it. It doesn't cost as much as you might think it costs to put a plan together. It doesn't take as long as you might think it takes to put it together, and the benefits are priceless.
0: Your your um, experience in the army taught you a lot about preparation, understanding what to do in the moment, but also just just awareness and. Uh, a, a lot of that feels and sounds like it goes into the the training that that modern people would need to know that they did not get at home ec class and in junior high or or anything else. But um, it, it, it is fascinating that uh, that 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 a lot of that comes from that army experience. How, how long did you serve in the army and what were your roles there?
1: I was thirty three years. Uh, I was an infantryman. I spent a lot of time as a a, a scout, a, a, a scout, a battalion scout. We would move forward to the FIBA, get behind enemy lines, snoop and poop, find data, and send it back to the other guys. You know, we weren't the campers; we didn't come and occupy. We were just finding out what's going on and let other people learn that. So that's part of my information development process that I learned. But one thing I really did learn in the military was you're going to fight the way you train. And it's been proven throughout history. Good units train hard, they sweat hard, they shed less blood. Bad units don't train at all, they die faster. It's bad, it's truth, it's historically proven. So what I did in the military after my, well, I've always been an infantryman, but after the infantry tenure, I became a senior infantry drill sergeant and I've instructed in the Army's non-commissioned officers academies I level up and raise up our young leaders. And that still comes back to the same thing, leadership. It's all about leadership and communication, which I'm really on top of for your disaster management, because a leader is 100 percent responsible 100 percent of the time. A leader has to communicate clearly in order to get what they need to have done in the least amount of time, the least amount of pain and effort. And that rolls right back into disaster management. If you're going to be preparing for a disaster, you need to know what you're doing,
0: why you're doing it, and how you're going to pull it off. Hmm. Impressive. And earlier you talked about the various phases, right, of, of of, I guess, awareness and preparation. Um, I, I'd love to dive into that a little bit more. I mean, just by asking, you know, obviously it's different per state, it's different per area and whatnot, but, what what do you think is some of the top disasters, other than hurricanes and the inevitable earthquakes of of homes? What do you think are some of the top
1: well, John? You know, that people need to prevent. I'm probably going to surprise you here, and I'm going to tell you the number one man-made disaster that causes the most property damage and deaths in the United States is house fires. Mm. More people die every year to house fires than all the combined disasters, natural disasters every year. Wow. The last big number, and it uh, was 2019, just start a pandemic. Um, what, about 3,700, 3,700 people in the continent of the United States died to house fires. 175 died to earthquakes, hurricanes, wildfires, floods. So there's a like 2,000% difference in there. And this is ongoing, but, you know, people don't recognize it as dynamic as it is because, well, it's a little fire here. It's a little fire there. There's no coalition that there were 65 house fires today and 15 people died. We don't get that news. I get it because I look for it. But that's what is happening in the country and around the world, as a matter of fact. So when we're start, when I take a, when I coach a family, we start with your house. We start with keeping your house safe by
0: making sure it doesn't burn down that's amazing. I I am shocked by that statistic. And, you know, this is more than just a, um, the Christmas tree caught on fire issue. This is, well, there's more fires at that time of the year than any other time too, because of that. Yeah. And it's more of, it's more than just a stove top issue. I mean, this could be a cord and a power short. Yeah. Just a ton of stuff. There's There's a number of
1: things to look at. Um, When I take a family through that, I have a whole series of checklists to go through room by room to look at this, that, and the other thing. And usually we're looking at the same things. You mentioned cords, electrical outlets and stuff, very big. I'm sure you've seen the octopus of cords sticking in someone's wall. Okay. Very bad. It's not good. Okay. you know exactly what I'm talking about, but yeah, that's, those are multiple things we look at and the idea is to take your family. You know, a family or a group that works together grows together. That's one of the important things. So if you build the plan with your family and your family take charge and work together, you come together as a family and your children learn what they need to do. And that is very important because mom and dad, what happens if your children need
0: to do it and you're not there? They need to know what they're doing. You know, I I, I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, test to testify of what you just said. I agree. Growing up, I mean, as a family, it was a communication. It was a responsibility. And if there's something that modern television and TV shows and sitcoms have taught me is that people assume and are assuming correctly that a lot is going on in the world and no one's talking. And when a family communicates what's going on, you know, there, there, there are things happening throughout the house. And then they also stay organized and, and clean and together, you know, you never have to wonder like, oh, man, what's going on in their bedroom or what's going on over there in that room, because you communicate, you know, what's happening. Right. And, and, a, and a well-connected family is a connected um, provision for safety, which it gets me really excited talking about this. So Um, I I'd love to dive in a little bit, Daniel, on, on some of the things that you and I kind of talked about the other day, but also, uh, I'd love to dive deeper into this, but here on the circle of knowledge podcast, we talk about nuggets of knowledge or wisdom that you'd like to share with, with the world. And though they might seem pretty normal to us, they, uh, are wisdom and knowledge that need to be communicated today. What are some nuggets of knowledge that you'd like to share with the audience of the circle of knowledge podcast.
1: Well, I'm going to get into the communication frame here because as a leader, we need to communicate clearly. That's just, that's just the way it is. And a lot of people, we can look at communications in two levels, obvious and not so obvious. And now, what I mean by that is if I come and tell you, John, I want to hug the whales and save the trees. Very obvious. I said, well, that's great. Yes. Let's go save trees and let's hug whales. The not so obvious is well, what whales do you want to save? Do you want to save the blue whales, the beluga whales, the orcas, the humpbacks? What ocean do they live in? Different whales live in different oceans. How do you want to save them? Trees, you want to hug a tree? What tree do you want to hug? A redwood, a pine tree? What kind of pine tree? Is it going to be in your front yard, down at the city park, or up in the mountains? So that's the not so obvious where the clear communications come in. So, my nugget of knowledge in that is be very clear and concise with your communications, because if you Basically, if you have an idea or a concept you want to do, if you can't express it in one sentence, maybe two sentences, then you don't know what you want to do. So let's clean that up. And that way, when you're telling your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife that we need to do something, if you can be clear and concise and get them to repeat it back to you and understand it, boom, you're on a good track there. If you have to keep explaining it over and over, you're going to muddy the water. People are going,
0: I have no idea what you're talking about and they're just not going to get done so communication is huge and and i don't know if it's the the military experience or if it's just the practice but it it does confirm to me that a repetition but a clarity in communication understanding what somebody not only perceives but what they retain as a result of communication and having them repeat back to you, that's a pretty powerful principle. It might seem redundant to most, but when you do what you just explained, you allow an individual to process what they've heard, to repeat back what they understand, and to communicate what was exchanged between the two. And uh, that, that exchange right there seems like a very, very powerful way to stay organized, to prepare in advance, to plan, to connect, and to communicate. I I love that.
1: Well, I'm sure you're aware, John, a lot of, you know, we're not really taught how to communicate. We either learn how to do it well or we learn how not to do it well. But we learn what we learn. And there's that saying that um, uh, planning makes permanent or something like, you know what I mean? Um, Planning makes permanent. Actually, uh, practice makes permanent. Actually, no, practice makes a habit. It doesn't make anything, it makes it permanent. It doesn't make it perfect. It makes it a habit. So what are we habitually doing? I know you've seen, I've seen people who are more interested in what they're going to say and they're not even listening to you. They can't wait to open their mouth and tell you what they're thinking. Whether it has anything to do with what we're talking about is irrelevant, but it's important to know that our practices become permanent. So let's make our practices well-founded and
0: sound so that way they can be positive. I love that. That's the, that's going to be a quote on my wall. Uh, I, I appreciate that because uh, yeah, it, you you started with communication and how important that is. And as we lean into a few more concepts, which I'm excited to talk about as well, it, it it's it's a powerful fundamental principle. And what's funny is like most people, if they're if they're if they're reading this or listening to this they might say wow like that that um that is so familiar that is so powerful and it's because it resonates with fundamentals that we were probably associated with but like you said in some households you have really good communication and lessons and re- and, and you learn or there's not good communication and and most of us through any public organization learn fundamentals learn particular processes and stuff like that. So it allows us to resonate with, with good communication Um, in our mastermind the other day, it was kind of fun to jump into ways to prepare before our, uh, before a project. And you mentioned some P's, the, the three P's, uh, plan, play, persevere. I'm not going to steal it from you, but I wanted to tee you off and tell me a little bit about that in regards to um, this communication and also Um, emergency preparedness? Well, when you're putting something together, it's nice to have a plan so you
1: have a clue what you're doing. So that's the first P, have a plan, okay? Now keep in mind, your plan can always change. As you're moving through whatever your process is, you might find something will or will not work, you need to adjust it. That's not a problem, but have a plan. The second P is play. Let's be playful. Let's have fun doing this. People learn much better by enjoying themselves and having fun than being all dour and down and, oh my God, we have to do this, you know? So let's enjoy ourselves, especially if we're working with our family, our loved ones, and our children. Let's let's make it a a scavenger hunt or something, figure out some way to play about it. And the third P is perseverance. Because no matter what your plan is, and I mentioned that earlier, you might have to change it, you're going to hit a wall, you're going to hit a road bump, there's going to be a speed bump, there's going to be a stoplight some point in time, you're going to lose that enthusiasm and you're going to have to go, oh my God, I don't want to do this anymore. So that's where the discipline comes in. That's where perseverance comes in. You must be disciplined to follow through with what it is that you started. And if that means changing your plan, that's okay. But then again, you want to communicate that with everybody that's in the process
0: so everybody knows what's going on. I, I love it. Um, and there was something you just said there too, that is comforting. And it also it, i want i want people to understand this because there is a how do i say this there's a huge misunderstanding that people believe that they have to have things perfect the first time and and though it's important to be correct or you know uh, um we'll, we'll say as close as you can you know perfection is impossible but the 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 way that we plan ahead is is that first of all you create a plan and i love that you you organize that so well and then that plan can be adjusted pivoted or changed but you don't plan on it changing you just plan on following through and you stick to the plan but i love that you said that because it is comforting and i want people to know that you know if you if you devise a plan, if you create something as a family or as a household, or just if you live alone, whatever you decide to do, it's your plan. You got it. It's written down, and you can you can follow through on it. But but at any given time, you know, plans can change. And I want people to understand that it doesn't need to be perfect, but it does need to be productive. There's another right. p word. And and then you also said something cool, which. I think plays into this is play (laughs) Uh, no pun on words there. Um, But, but your plan shouldn't be something that you're not excited about. It should be something that you're aware of. Um, I'll give an example and I'm sure you've got a hundred of these, but you know, I like to cook. Um, I'm not the greatest cook, but I've just learned over time, right? Uh, If I can make my bacon and hash browns in the morning, throw a fried egg on top, I am the happiest guy alive. And that's really why I'm always happy. And, you know, in my experience of cooking, I have very rarely had any issues with stovetop fires, grease, anything like that. I just have my system. But I do know, and I've just learned this, that I have a plan that when when flames go up that I I know exactly what I can do. And I always have something nearby where I can tame the beast. I can put it over the fire and then I can use that space to shut things off. That's been my plan for a while. It may not be the best plan. I can be corrected on what's supposed to happen and what I'm supposed to do. But I at least know that that's what I do in that situation. And I always have a bowl or something right nearby just as I'm cooking so that I do it. But that's something that I could be changed on. Anyways, I just wanted to share that because again, what makes me happy is cooking and I enjoy it. And I usually do it pretty safely and conservatively. However, I am always aware that there is danger working with open flames inside of homes. And I also know that (laughs) sometimes when the bacon grease cooks a little too much, it smokes up the house. So you got to turn on the fans and open the doors and do stuff that makes it worthwhile. But anyways, I just think this is interesting and these three P's work well for me. And that's just an experience. It's just an example is what I meant to say of what I I think most people wreck recognize and don't recognize is the mundane minutiae of everyday life, but yet you you create and devise a plan through habit. And you mentioned habit a little bit earlier too, but anyways, that was just an idea, but I'm sure I sparked up a bunch of uh, ideas, concerns, and more. <laughs> well, well, since you brought up cooking, um,
1: cooking fires are one of the number one fires, fire processes at home. And that's basically because the oil gets too hot and we are not, paying attention to what's going on. I might leave and go to the, like say, I got the bacon cooking. I leave and go to the laundry room to do laundry. And 20 minutes later I smell the smoke and that's because the grease got too hot. So there's three things. There's a learning experience. There's the triad, the fire triad is three things, heat, fuel, and oxygen. If you remove one of those, you put the fire out, real simple. Yeah, but you mentioned put something over. So most cooking fires are, Grease related, so never, never use water. Don't use water. Don't, 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 don't attempt to throw water on it. Put a towel over it, put the lid on it. You want to smother it, remove the oxygen. That's the number one way. Turn the heat off and let it sit till it cools down. Do not pick it up and try to carry it out the back door. There are so many anecdotal stories about people who have created worse house fires trying to do that, burnt themselves, caused major damage. Leave it there, let it sit, let it cool down feel the need call the fire department
0: yeah i love that and 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 i want my audience to to understand something too is 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 don't be fearful of the do's and do nots because again i don't want people to think that there's one way to do things but you mentioned three great ways like really if you understand what you're doing and what is what 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 its um capabilities are and what it's made of then you know how to put it out and right. when it comes to fire, you know, smother it, remove its oxygen, remove heat, whatever you have to do. I love that. And 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 again, there are a bunch of do's and do nots, the the yeses and the no's, the the things you shoulds and should nots. But but rather than stressing out about knowing and understanding all of them, just understanding what you're doing in that moment, that presence awareness. Which to this day, uh, Daniel, I think you agree that. There are more distractions in our lives today than there ever have been in the history of humanity. And that's not good for people, even if you don't have, you know, ADD or ADHD, right? And, oh, that's
1: right. We have our digital distractions and yeah. we're always, you know, it's one of those weird things. Most people want to be distracted because they don't like where they're at. Oh. So they go swipe through, they read, they scroll, whatever, because they're not liking where they are that's something to really look at. If you don't like where you're at, go somewhere else. That doesn't mean go on YouTube all the time or TikTok. You know, <laughs> yeah. read a book.
0: Okay. You know, I, 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 um, this is a joke. I don't really mean this, but I blame ESPN and, uh, um, uh, DirecTV. There was a partnership back in the day and they had this hilarious, but yet so just weird commercial where, Direct TV was saying you can now watch your ESPN sports anywhere in the house. And this guy has an iPad, he's got a, a TV in the bathtub, he's got a screen in the laundry room, it's everywhere. He's watching his sports every and he's just doing going throughout the house doing everything. And they set this precedent, this expectation that you can be connected to whatever you're doing and also distracted and everything else and have zero (laughs) awareness. And um, I think, um, I I think what's the, um, the insurance company, the, the, the guy, the mayhem guy. Um, Yeah. yeah, The mayhem guy did a parody making fun of them. And I guess they followed through the commercial and like when the guy was in the bathtub, the TV fell in the bathtub and (laughs) there were, there's just all kinds of like different disasters happening because all of these things were, created with this expectation that I can have my sports in every room and every aspect. So you never miss a thing. And uh, you know, that's interesting. I just, I, it makes well, this me laugh. Well,
1: but... to the whole technological thing. You know, ideally it was sold to us as being a productivity tool, which it can very much be. But unfortunately there's a, there's two sides to every coin. Let's just remember that, you know, there's a the light side and a dark side. It doesn't matter what the tool is. There's two sides to it. And it depends on what side we want to be in or are we circling around on the edge somewhere, you know?
0: Yeah. I I, I want to focus into on the play aspect of this and then I want to talk about persevere and then we'll sort of work towards wrapping this up. But I I get excited about these three Ps, plan, play and persevere. And I'll put them up on the screen in just a second. But um, let's dive into the play part because play could mean action meaning put your plan into action. Play could also mean have fun, enjoy, like live your life fearless, you know, um, play could also mean a few things like, like, um, uh, um, practice, <laughs> you know, uh, um, uh, role play. Like when I did sales, when I did, um, teaching, when I taught languages, uh, role play was a very, very important principle to all of this, and so just having been through the process. But what what, what would you say are, are some pretty powerful principles about the the idea of play? Well,
1: play is always fun. That's the idea is to have fun. And if we're going to be building a plan that is intended to work on something that's definitely not going to be fun. You want to play with it. You want to have fun with it, and and, it, and it's good to open that conversation up exactly like that. Let's play with this. Let's have fun. Let's find some way. And the reason I say that is because you never know what answer you're going to get from your household. You don't know who has the answer for you. It could be the six-year-old that's going to tell you exactly how you can play on the uh, the fire escape plan that you're going to have to build. So it's always good to involve everybody and ask for their feedback because you don't know what they're going to say. You really don't. And it does a couple things. One is it gives them power, it empowers them. Two, it gives them a voice. Three, and it lets them know that they're being heard. So that's very important there. So when it comes to play, um, one thing I like to do when I do a a household for the, the household hazard hunt, that's what I call a household hazard hunt. We're looking for all the hazards and you give your children the same list for their bedroom. Everybody's got the same stuff on the same list, and they go to their bedroom and they search it out. So we can make it a contest about who gets it done best, fastest, has the most stuff to fix, nothing to fix, or what have you, you pick a parameter there, and then that individual receives what the gold star or whatever, you can make a big tracking record here on what you're doing as far as your plan, what's part of your plan, right? that kid a gold star because they got it done first. If that kid a gold star because they fix something faster, find a way to do it. That it builds them up. That's good. And then a thing about play, which I didn't don't mention a lot, well I actually do mention it, but in a different aspect is reward. Now that gold star is a reward, but let's say we've got the whole house done. Let's go get that banana sundae, that that root beer float. Let's go on the merry-go round, you know, reward yourselves and that way people
0: want, ooh. I got something out of this let's go do it again I I love that and I, I when you were describing that Daniel I was putting myself into that position I was playing it through my head play I was playing it through my head and <laughs> my family really gets into easter egg hunting every year but I love that you you have the uh, what did you call it again the the um the the hunt. What was the hunt called again? House hazard hunt. The house hazard hunt. H H H. Okay. The house hazard hunt. I love that. I love that <laughs> idea, and it makes it fun. It makes it engaging, but it also makes it uh, experiential, right? Um, mm-hmm. Everyone gets to learn and seek it out, and to understand and be aware and observant. Um, that's that's really really powerful. And then I, I also wanted to dive into the word persevere and 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 also talk about. You know, when most people think of the word persevere, they think they're persevering over trial or persevering over over hardship and stuff like that. But but I think what we're talking about here is that and, you know, just the perseverance, it's the thriving through life with the knowledge, information, education and more to 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 not only overcome, but to surpass or even to over uh, surmount those those potential hazards. And, and and emergencies that could pass could, could, that could come to pass, but um, what would you add to uh, the idea of perseverance? Well, my idea of perseverance is just to keep taking a step forward.
1: Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how large, long, or short the step is. It's forward. Forward is forward. It's not backwards. So that's the best way to look at it. It's just to keep moving forward. I mean, if you even if you find yourself sort of like at a, a slump for whatever reason, recognize the slump. Recognize the reason. Find a way to take a step forward. It could be anything. It could be very small. It doesn't matter. It's moving forward. That's
0: that's what matters. Oh, I love that. Well, uh, this is this is super awesome and super helpful. Daniel, what in what capacities do most people work with you and and how do people come to learn more about this, um, these educations, these, these the, the information, to get things that they need to get their hands on so that they're prepared, that their houses are safe? Um, uh, in, in what capacities do most people work with you? Well, most people work with me as a one-on-one like a coach, where I'll come in over a period of time
1: and we'll put a plan, we'll identify what it is that we're working on. <laughs> and then we'll put a plan together and we'll start working on it. You know, we'll identify what needs to be done, when's it going to be done. And we'll set a timeline, got to have the timeline. You have to have time, it's got to be a smart result or a smart goal. Right. And uh, then we just move forward. And it's uh, my function basically is to help you identify what you want to do, help you identify how you are going to do it. And then I'm going to be the taskmaster and keep you disciplined. And the other ways we have some learning management system. I have a uh, what I call an evergreen don't burn down your house training, which covers the whole house fire safety. You can go online and get that. I do a lot of this stuff online. A lot of things I'll teach live. Like I have an upcoming course next Tuesday on uh, mastering the art of follow through. In other words, how not to get stuck, how not to stop, to continue moving forward. And I I do these live and then I strip them. I readjust them a little
0: and I put them online for people to come see later. Excellent. I um, wanted to put your, website here i'm going to add it to the ticker below let's see there we go i got a couple of them which one i'm going to put your personal website oh danielkilburn.com
1: learn more yeah that's actually from there you can bounce around and find most everything
0: is it boom there we go save that add it back to the screen awesome but i also want to uh, direct the listeners to this website. Here is uh, Daniel's sharing a free copy of a book or a, a, a free copy of uh, Seven Steps to Always Finish What You Start. And uh, I love what you said earlier, and I want to talk more about that too. But uh, um, about the Don't Bring Your House Down training, um, that's great. I love that name for some reason. Um, okay, that- a second while
1: well, you got this, because that's a big, long URL. I have a placeholder URL called www.eap, for emergency action planning, ready.com, eapready.com. And it's only good for this month for that site. I use it every month for different trainings, but that's the one right now, easier to remember. You're going to be able to find that one a lot easier. And it'll take you to the same
0: place. Cool, eapready.com, Excellent. And uh, yeah, we, we want you to go and learn more, uh, obviously learn how to how to uh, prepare in advance to educate yourself. What I'd highly recommend for my audience, too, is Daniel's, as you guys can tell from this interview, from his answers and just his storytelling, he's a very fun person to be around. And imagine that being your coach. Imagine hiring this individual to bring them into your house, to bring them into your office space. Um, if you're a business owner or if you're a residential homeowner, you know bring this individual into your home and allow the information that we've talked about today to again to implement and to uh, apply in your lives so that your house is prepared. This is as easy as I think it's easier than setting up an insurance policy for your uh, for your health, for your life in general. and it's less gloomy, right? It's more about, Hey, let's go hunt down all of the potential wire mistakes, and let's keep ourselves happy and 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 um, and prepared.
1: Um, That's right. This, this thing to keep in mind is this can be a fun adventure, and once you've completed it, you can go. I did good. That's right. So yeah, go for it. Make your house safe. Don't burn it down, and reward yourself with that banana split or that root beer
0: float, whatever you like. You know, we think along the same terms, Daniel. I am so ice cream motivated <laughs> that uh, um, something, something they. What we used to do is we used to do frosties at Wendy's, but then, then there's this thing I got introduced to called TCBY, uh, okay. and uh, custard and yogurt. Oh man, that's that's good stuff. I want to put one more um, website up on the banner just so that people can. Uh, see, but there is a website too. To learn more about just what Daniel's talking about, um, you can go to, I think, this website right here. It's a bit.ly form called 10 Smart Ways. Um, and that's just... Oh, okay, 10 Smart Ways was a class I did two months ago. And that was
1: about planning and project management how to put a plan together, how to develop a project, but you can go there. I don't have that one up as a source yet, but you okay. can go there and get the free book, the free ebook, download that and get it. And there's information on how to contact me. Um, if you grab the seven ways to follow, always finish what you start ebook on the back of it, there's a
0: UR, uh, a code and a QR code you can link to contact me. Awesome. And if you're listening to this on a podcast and not watching the live show, um, just know that we'll have all of this information in our show notes. You can go and learn more and we, we would encourage you to not only follow and connect with Daniel on social media and online, but go check out these websites. He's got plenty of resources. And again, like I said earlier, you know, this, this should be an enjoyable experience and every family should do it. In fact, you know, when I was single, Daniel, I lived in an apartment complex and it was, um, it was off campus housing from the university, but because it was, it was really, really nice housing, but it was affordable housing. And as a result of the agreement we signed, and I think everyone should do this, but they were very particular, the landlords, they would make us every quarter do a, a like basically a spring cleaning and we had to keep everything organized. And, and anyways, they had these checklists and these things we'd go off. And while most people dreaded this, uh, I enjoyed it because I found things that had just been sitting under the, the cushions for months, things that I had lost things that I would just, you know, it, it became a game to me that this was, this was part of the cleansing process and it invited good energy and spirit into my home. And, um, I really enjoyed this. And and what I want to relate to the, my listeners is this is something very, very similar that, that it really should be a requirement, but it's not because we don't live in a dictatorship here, but it is, it is sort of something you should make a requirement for yourselves to do this once a year, at least once a year and work with somebody like Daniel who's going to help you understand and and walk through your home and go through the checklists. And, you know, I, I nothing motivates me more than don't burn your Like I, I want that to uh, continue to be something that I think about all the time. So uh, to my listeners, this is important information. Not only is it important, but it can be fun. It can be engaging and it can be a positive experience. Um, that kind of energy is going to invite just the best energy into your home. I think you're going to add something to that. Well, um, if you wanted to
1: find the Don't Burn Your House Down training, that's on eapworkshop.com. That's the learning management system where I upload and present all my trainings, eapworkshop.com. And uh, that's available and downloadable or usable now. Awesome. Um One thing I was talking about, your house cleaning, you know, as a a leader, we're 100% responsible 100% of the time. But one of the things a lot of people don't recognize is what we do in one thing, we do in everything. So if we live in a house full of clutter with uh, Chinese food boxes that are six months old all over the place, and what's in our mind, how do we perceive the world and how does the world perceive us? Now, a lot of times we want to be perceived, we're special, we're important. Now, I'm going to admit, you are the most important person in your life, no matter what anyone says. You are the most important person in your life. So respect yourself, treat yourself like you're important, do something valuable with what you have going on because you're here in this world now because you have something valuable to give somebody. I have no idea what it is, but it's there, it's hiding in you, let it
0: out. And I believe that that is why we call him America's Save Your Life Coach and a disaster management expert. Because Daniel, that's awesome, and thank you for making me feel uplifted and inspired about this process. And thank you for educating me a little bit more as to the various resources I should look into and making this making this important. I, I appreciate you as a professional. And as a coach, I commend you for the service you do and teach and train families and for the lives that you're saving based on this education and based on these trainings. Uh, Thank you for the mindset part of this, because again, yeah, you're absolutely right. We are products of our environment and our environment is a product of what we are thinking. And it's a reciprocal plan. And uh, that's something we talk about a lot on this show. So thank you for 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 sharing that and as we sort of wrap this up daniel i just want to say thank you for coming on the show today thanks for sharing your resources there's going to be a lot of extracurricular homework links that people can go and click on but mostly guys go and find daniel on social media you can go to danielkilburn.com where you can uh understand and zip around and find all of his resources but hire him today like literally Find a time that you can bring someone in to to go through your home and do the checklists. Make this a part of your plan to safety, to to prosperity. I'm thinking of more uh, P words there. And uh, um, think more about the, the, the perseverance in Daniel's terms to to continue moving forward steps in your life and making progress. Um, any last words from you, Daniel? Yes, I
1: want to leave it with one thing here. It's my vision is to protect our children from the emergencies and disasters that are going to come in their life. And I mentioned earlier, it's important to involve them in the process because they might have to act on their own. But the thing to keep in mind here is our children are going to be the leaders one day. They're going to be the fire chiefs, the policemen. One of our children is going to be a president someday. So let's give our children the tools now so they can think on their own so they can recognize what's going on in their life so they can understand that they should not cross the street against a red light now leave it at that
0: mic drop that was awesome thank you daniel and uh thank you for your time today and thank you for sharing your wisdom and knowledge uh this has been another awesome episode of the circle of knowledge podcast and uh, signing out today, I just want to say thank you again to our audience. And if you have questions, you would like more information to connect with our, our guests on the show and anything else. You can send us an email by going to, by sending an email to team at mychampioncircle.com. Or you can just visit our website. We have a webpage. You just go to mychampioncircle.com where we can answer your questions, connect with you, give you any of these resources. And we promote each of these these awesome episodes as they launch there so you can find them easily but we are on all podcast channels and I'm happy to announce that we are now on uh, Amazon Music and we are also on iHeartRadio so take advantage of any one of those platforms and we look forward to uh, seeing you guys next time on the Circle of Knowledge podcast and just remember everything that you need is already inside you all you need to do is take one step in the right direction as Daniel said today Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next time on the next episode of the Circle of Knowledge podcast.